Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the I.O. Podcast. My name is Nigel, and I am going to be your host. Quick side note, though, if you haven't listened to the introduction podcast, I would definitely recommend going back and listening to that so that you can get some facts straight before we jump all the way in. Okay, so today we're going to be reading chapter one. Paul is currently being held in a Roman jail, and he actually writes this letter from his jail cell. Now, let's talk about Roman jails for just a second. Now, look, no jail is great, but these jails were actually really, really bad. You want some food? You might as well forget about it. You're looking for somewhere to sleep? Go ahead and get down on the ground. You want a glass of water before you go to bed? Absolutely not. And at the top of all of that, you're also hated and looked down upon because of who you pray to. All in all, this is a huge bummer. But in this letter, Paul writes about a few topics that can be really hard for us to grasp fully in this current day and age. One is being imprisoned for proclaiming Jesus as king. This threatened the authority of Caesar. And a quick note about Caesar. Caesar is a title. It's not a name. So this particular Caesar's name was Nero, and Nero was a Roman emperor at the time. It threatened his rule because he claimed to be the one emperor and God over everything in the Roman Empire, and soon to be the world. Huge ego guy. Hilarious, though, considering whenever we think about Caesar now, it's actually in the context of salad dressing. But anyway, Paul was met with a ton of backlash for the news that he was sharing. And honestly, if I put myself in Paul's shoes, I can't even imagine how tough that it would have been. I mean, I think you can relate to how hard it is to talk about Jesus to your friends that don't know him, not to mention people that you don't even know. But what's crazy is Paul's attitude towards his imprisonment. He actually sees it as a good thing. He can see how his jail time has led to the guards and other prisoners knowing Jesus, and to him, that's worth the price of admission. In the back half of chapter 1, Paul writes about living a life that makes it obvious that you're a Christian. He's really saying, put your money where your mouth is and follow Christ's example in the good and the hard times, in the suffering and in the joy. If anyone put their money where their mouth was, it's Paul. So now, considering all of that, let's get to reading. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless from the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. 
And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motive or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but I will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but to also suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Thanks for joining us on the IO Podcast. Be sure to check back in next week when we jump into Philippians chapter 2. 